This is a test. The Mirror World Order is conducting a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. If this had been an actual emergency, the signal you just heard would have been followed by the phrase... Ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, what's up? This is Joel and Alan, and this is the first episode of the Nerd World Order podcast, the real Nerd World Order podcast. Uh, so as you guys know, we have the Nerd World Order community. Uh, we have Nerd World Order apparel. We have Nerd World Order on Instagram. Uh, we have Nerd World Order cosplay. And one of the things that a lot of people have been asking for for a long time is a Nerd World Order podcast. So that's what we have right now. Uh, so we're going to do some quick introductions. So I'm going to turn over to Joe. Take it away, Joe. What's good, my nerds? It's your boy, Joe. Here with Alan Dukes. We had always thought about starting a nerd group since we were like, what? 18. 18, 18. after high school, we yeah. thought about it. Because we grew up, nerds weren't cool when we were growing up, right? So all the stuff that we were into, whether it be comic books, you know, animation, Dungeons and Dragons on our lunch, rolling them dices. Not the 7-Eleven backdoor little Joes, but the... The 20s. The, yeah, the, the 20s. 20s no, they were 10s, but we keep them clean, though. <laughs> so, I mean... We always thought about doing it. it wasn't cool jocks nobody we were on our own little island now it's big now everybody watches it whether you're a jock in the sports violinist band anything that you can think of everybody knows about anything about comics nerd stuff so we thought we could come together and form a group which we did yep we got it going over seventeen thousand members in yes we do so we thought you know why not do a podcast yeah, and the podcast, it's, uh, yes, it's going to be me and Joe and some guests here and there. Uh, but more importantly, the Nerd World Order podcast is for the Nerd World Order community. Uh, so whether it be uh, you're a first-time member or you've been a member for the past three years, we'd like to hear from you uh, what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, what you'd like to hear as content. Because at the end of the day, the NWO is for you and the nerd world order podcast is for you so uh you know yeah people have known joe for a long time but joe can you tell people a little bit about what makes you a nerd well like i said growing up like i can remember our first comic book i ever got was my dad was in the military took me around his little camp all of his guys that my dad was a sergeant each of them gave me a comic book and i thought it was amazing grew up reading comic books i don't know if you remember justice league they were called Super Friends back in the day. They were pretty good. They didn't <laughs> oh, yeah. give my boy Aquaman enough props. Everyone hated Aquaman because of that dang TV series. But, you know, like, that started with that. Started reading comic books. Got into that. Animation kicked in. Dragon Ball Z was really into that. You know? Met Alan. He was in the video games. Game Boy specifically. First guy on our block to have a Game Boy on the bus. That's how we met. Um, video games was a huge part of my life. I wasn't really into sports until after high school, I would say. But my sports was like comic books, animation, video games. That was my sports. Word. So, uh, you know, Joe and I have a, you know, a background that goes back a very long way and a very similar introduction into the uh, nerd world, if you will. So much like Joe, my first introduction was comic books. My dad bought me G.I. Joe 
issue number 21, which was Silent Interlude, which just got me hooked on comic books. You know, before that, I was a kid who enjoyed action figures, so I was into the G.I. Joe toys, Transformers, things of that nature, and when I saw that there was a comic book that was about my favorite G.I. Joes, I was just hooked on comic books, and from there it expanded X-Men, uh, let's see here, Avengers, Batman, all that just sort of expanded. Uh, later on, uh, of course, I got into video games, as Joe talked about, but it's funny because when it comes to anime, that's 100% Joe. You know, Joe used to talk to me about uh, Dragon Ball Z. He used to talk to me about the shows that he watched, and you know, I was just like, wow, what's all this about? And I remember when uh, basically let me borrow his VHS copies of Dragon Ball. Uh, Joe, tell me about them VHS copies. There was So the only way you could watch Dragon Ball Z back in the day was the international channel, which they don't have anymore, but it was like old school, like A and B switches. You had to switch on to get more channels through the A and the B. But there was an international channel that you could watch, DBZ. You couldn't understand Japanese or Telemundo. Telemundo had Dragon Ball Z, but you couldn't understand it. Then there was Comic-Con. Go to Comic-Con. You buy them, you buy the bootleg VHSs. Or, find out later, you can go to swap meets. They have bootlegs at the swap meets. But that was pretty much the only way you could watch some Dragon Ball Z. Now it's like you can get Dragon Ball Z anywhere. Now you got Crunchyroll, you got Hulu, Amazon Prime. Now everything just streams anime. Now it's a little more easier for you to watch anime. Go back and watch old episodes. Where, man, I ain't telling you. It was hard to find these DBZ episodes back in the day. Let alone the movies. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, uh, you know, as, I, as we talk about video games and stuff like that, you know, there have been so many people who influenced us. The Game Boy that Joe and I sort of bonded over initially, my sister bought me that. She was in college. I was a kid in high school. She let me, uh, she bought a Game Boy for me. You know, so many people have been influences. Joe and I, uh, everyone else, whether it be my boy Cotton, my boy Callens, who's been around forever in the NWO, um, you know, you have Wes. CJ, uh, you have Chance, and of course Cavi. We all call ourselves uh, Generation One or Gen One of the NWO. Uh, you know, we've been there from the beginning, but we have to give shout outs to those people who influenced us. You know, whether it be my dad, Joe's dad, uh, you know, my sister for buying me that first Game Boy, anyone who influenced us to be the nerds that we are today, uh, that's Generation Zero. That's where it all started, watching Star Trek on Saturdays uh, with dad instead of watching sports. You know, Joe and I, we weren't sports nerds, but you know what? Our dads influenced us to be sci-fi nerds, uh, anime nerds. So Gen Zero, huge love for the people who introduced us. Huge love for people who introduced us. Uh, someone else we want to give a shout out to, Nerdbot. Uh, much love for Nerdbot. You know, they've supported us, uh, given us love here and there. They're a huge, great organization located uh, in the Los Angeles, California, SoCal area. They just had a convention at the Pasadena Convention Center. They hold uh, monthly Nerdbot Nights, which is an opportunity for nerds to get, get, to get together face and face uh, at Dave & Buster's. Uh, huge shout out to everyone at Nerdbot, whether it be Elvin, uh, whether it be, uh, let's see here, Mike, whether it be Lauren or whether it be Steph. Um, you know, huge shout out to everyone at Nerd. Well, this Nerd World Order is not the only community. The nerd community is a very large and cohesive community. And we thank every nerd from every community that has ever shown love to the NWO. Uh, let's see here, Joe. 
Anything you want to add? Uh, no, you just hit it on the head. It's, um, thankful for everything they do for us. Like I said, like Nerbot holds very dear to me in Allen because it takes us back to the purity of Comic Cons where it wasn't watered down with nothing but celebrities coming through, camping out just to see a celebrity. It takes you back to the purity of a comic book convention where you can walk in, get merchandise, get comics, get anime, anything anime related, whereas figurines, t-shirts, hats, backpacks, all kinds of stuff. So it takes us back to, so that, that's the one thing we like about going to NerdBots. Well, let's see here. So yes this is an exciting episode the first episode of nerd world order but uh we also want to offer condolences to an actor in the uh walking dead franchise now i'm a huge walking dead fan looking forward to the first uh episode of the new season of walking dead however this week a very prolific actor scott wilson passed away uh so we just want to give our condolences not only to the cast of the walking dead but also to his family and scott wilson thank you for uh the fine acting that you did not only with walking dead but all the other roles that you had for years uh let's see here so uh what next thing we want to talk about uh some of you may have seen the spoiler free review of venom that i did i hope that you all enjoyed it however we wanted to give you a bit more of a perspective of the acting the movie everything of that nature uh also let's ask ourselves hey why did the critics pan the movie but all of us really seem to like it so we want to go into that a little bit but of course i'm gonna let everything start off with joe so good joe tell us what you thought about the movie it was pretty good what do you think about ronnie green's tomato gave it like what 37 percent, but the audience views gave it an 83 percent. precisely hmm let's take it back to the 90s things that make it go hmm exactly so there's a you know us nerds always like little uh, conspiracy theories in the nerd community conspiracy what you think about lady gaga's in that movie so you they're saying this the, the the theory is they really wanted that movie to do so well right right and so they 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 bash that movie right 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 exactly so so it's pretty interesting because you know there's always this idea people have talked about it with marvel movies where everybody's pro marvel so no matter how bad a marvel movie is it's going to end up in like the low 90s uh you know or even higher than that however what people are saying is that all the lady gaga fans got together and panned venom on rotten tomatoes in order to bring the score down so people would be more inclined to see a star is born starring lady gaga compared to actually seeing the venom movie uh i'm not well okay i am a conspiracy theorist but it's kind of interesting that I haven't met one nerd that says the Venom movie deserved a 30%. What do you think, Joe? I agree with that. If you ask, I mean, granted, there was some parts in the movie that were slow. Yeah, there were some parts where the acting was like, huh, huh, huh. But I'm telling you, they made $80 million. $80 million opening week. Right. And uh, Lady Gaga was like, uh, what, $47 million yeah. with her A Star is Born? Clearly, ladies and gentlemen, A Star was not born for Lady Gaga True this that. weekend, right? Not today. However, Venom, A Star has been born. And there will Booyah. be yeah, more to come in that franchise. So, Joe, what do you think of the acting from Mr., one of my personal favorite actors, Tom Hardy? Dude, is there a movie that this guy isn't good in? I can't think of one. Really good. I think he made that movie. To our point of a boy chance, what he said was pretty much if Tom Hardy was in that movie, 
probably wouldn't have done too well because this dude is Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock is Tom, in my opinion. I agree. Now, the relationship between him and Venom, did you know that Tom Hardy also did the voice for Venom? I did not know that. Yes, he did. That's a fun fact. Oh. So it's pretty cool, like the relationship. Not only did he have a good relationship between Venom, he did the Venom voice and Eddie Brock's voice. So he had pretty much had a relationship with himself. Hey, um, I'm not going to touch that. I'll move on from that one. Uh, let's see here. So looking at the overall Venom franchise, what do you think's next, Joe? Well, what I like about it is they didn't have Spider-Man in it. I love that. Watching that movie, I was hoping that I would not see Spider-Man because I want to see Venom to see if Venom can hold up on his own in his own movie, which I thought was he did. Job well done. Job well done. Which is, it wasn't a Disney Marvel movie, right? The, this is true. It was not a Disney Marvel movie. Uh, it's funny because they would have watered it down. And even at PG-13, uh, Venom was able to come through and be at least an anti-hero. Right. At worst, a possible villain. When I say worst, I mean that in a good way. Right. You know, uh, Venom was out to do what Venom does. Uh, he was not there trying to save the world because he was a hero he was trying to do what he wanted to do for his own best interest and i really like that right. out of the character um now let me tell you i personally disagree with joe because at some point i would like to see spider-man rolled into this franchise and then roll venom into the mcu uh, i agree so so check this out what is your theory on the whole spider-man thing now they Change the story. The com it didn't follow the story of the Venom in the comic of how he got the symbiote, right? Right. So, with that being said, how are they going to create that relationship? What's your opinion on how they're going to create the relationship to where both Eddie Brock and Venom have one thing in common, which is they hate Spider-Man? Well, it's funny you should say that, bro, because I think if you go back and you watch the movie, they do make mentions of certain Spider-Man specific characters, uh, Spider-Man specific uh, places, uh, possibly Spider-Man specific jobs. So I think they introduced enough where you can say that the two universes do overlap. Now they introduced a villain into this movie that I feel like is clearly an iconic villain in both the Spider-Man franchise and also the Venom franchise. I would think what I'd like to see is the suit leaving Eddie Brock and thinking he needs a more powerful host in Spider-Man. So now, Eddie Brock hates Spider-Man for losing the suit, but at some point, the suit hates Spider-Man for rejecting him. So in my opinion, uh, that would be a way of introducing this new villain, introducing Spider-Man, and also basically introducing the hatred between Spider-Man and also the suit and Eddie Brock. What do you think, bro? I think that's a nice little idea. I love that theory. I could see them doing that down the road. Down the road. But my, my thing is, the relationship between Venom and Eddie made the movie. I agree, I agree. And what's good about that is, for a parasite to bond with its host, keyword bond, that's exactly what they did. That's exactly what Tom did to that character. You saw throughout the movie the relationship between Venom
and Eddie Brock was really good. Because you look, it's like a parasite needs to bond with its host. And that's exactly what they did throughout the movie. Eddie Brock bonded with Venom. Which created a good character. You actually kind of like Venom because he's actually kind of funny. Which is kind of almost similar to the comic book. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, I think from a perspective of if he would have just had Eddie Brock and not had something to bounce him off of with a somewhat comedic Venom, it would have been a very boring movie. But they made the suit a character within itself. So I just felt that was great. Yeah, I, I actually wanted more between the two. Because I thought the conversation between the two was funny. I got the humor. I liked them. I loved them even more when, between the two, the relationship that they were creating. I wanted more. Right, which, which kind of brings me back to the initial point. Do I think that the Venom suit would perhaps uh, not would separate from Eddie if he felt like he had to save Eddie by fighting a new host being Spider-Man. I think that this Venom suit would do that because you see that that relationship is there. It's not just about the cannibalizing the host because you need him. At some point, it was almost like the suit started to like Eddie and didn't want to see him being harmed. So I could see him separating and going with the Peter Parker character, the Spider-Man character, as a way to actually save Eddie, which would be an excellent way to bring Spider-Man into Venom 2. Right. I agree. Cool, cool. So uh, let's see here. I guess, you know... When I was watching that Venom movie, one of the things that I saw that I was actually surprised because I kind of liked, even though DC sucks, is the new Aquaman trailer. Now, I know Joe is a huge Aquaman trailer, or excuse me, a huge Aquaman fan, so uh, he will do this much better justice than I am. So, Joe, take it. Yeah, Aquaman hater, DC hater. Yeah. But eh, I thought the, the second trailer, you got to admit, the second trailer was a lot better than the first one. Yeah, I mean, they gave you five minutes. Supposedly, the director said that five minutes is doesn't even scratch the surface of what the movie's going to offer. But you see a bunch of memes that look like it has a little bit of Indiana Jones in it, some Star Wars in it. But the most important thing that I loved was they kept his original costume in there. I mean, even if you don't love Aquaman or anything DC, well, let's even take it from Marvel, as a matter of fact. The costume is true costume in the comic books, which I love. I agree. The, the thing that I liked about it was you got to see a little bit more about the character. I mean, for me, character development is just crucial. And I liked that the Aquaman character seems like he's a little bit torn between, let's say, the initial uh, how he feels about the, you know, the surface world and his responsibility to Atlantis. So I feel like this is going to be a good movie with good character development. But is it good enough to save DC? You know... Is that, it a start? Is it a start to save DC? No. Absolutely not. At this point, I feel like the DC universe is so fragmented, which is very true to DC in that there are infinite Earths within the uh, DC model, according to the comic books. But at this point, it's so fractured between, it feels like there's the Nolan universe, which apparently has ended. Uh, then you also have the standard Justice League universe. I, I just feel like it's fractured and it's not cohesive and it they try too much too soon. Right, right. So they got that coming out, then they got the Joker movie coming out, right? Okay. So apparently, if this does well, it's a part of the DC universe, right? 
But if it doesn't do well, then it's in the universe on its own. Which, this is too much going on, right? It's like a get out of free jail card. If the movie isn't good enough, hey, you, hey, that's a different universe. If it was good enough, hey, it's a part of that universe. But what universe are a part of? Because that universe is not even good. Because it hasn't been established. Now, if you look at the CW DC shows, they do pretty well. Why do they do that? Because they develop the characters, right? You get to know each other. Or the characters, you get to feel for them, right? You know what they're going through. So when they do that crossover, you can relate. Because whether you like Supergirl, whether you like Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, you're involving those characters. So when they intertwine with each other for a crossover, it's more relatable. Where DC is just rushing. Let me just rush and let me just make a justice. You don't even know these characters yet. So therefore, you got to bring the fans. And they think they're running out of time, which I didn't run out of time. Do it the right way. Fans will appreciate the time that you put in. You can't rush your product. What I think they're making a mistake is they're trying to separate themselves from Marvel, right? They're trying to make it more darker, more gritty. But you can't change the format. It's okay to use the Marvel format, right? There's Coke, there's Pepsi, there's Gatorade, Paderade. They're all the same thing, right? They give you the same thing, but yet they're different in their own right. And there's, there's not, you can't fault DC for trying something like Marvel does. It's successful, right? I agree 100%. You know, it's, it's almost like if it's not broke why try to reinvent it right and that's what dc is trying to do they see a formula that works but they want to differentiate themselves from that formula instead of taking their established characters which we all know and love uh you know we grew up watching the super friends we grew up watching batman 66 and syndication so we're all going to love these characters but the format that they're trying to use doesn't work and to joe's point you're lazy dc you're lazy, Warner Brothers. You can't introduce a movie and then say, if you like it, we'll keep it. If you don't like it, we'll just throw it out. That shows there's no commitment to the fans, there's no commitment to the franchise, and there's no commitment to creativity. You're lazy, Warner Brothers. You're lazy, DC. And that's why DC and Warner Brothers sucks. Hail Hydra. No, Hail Hydra. But, dude, but is it really DC to a certain extent, or is it more, more Warner Brothers? Because if you think about it, dude, the comics that DC are writing and putting out now is phenomenal, right? Yeah. You can agree. You, you'd rather read a DC comic book than a DC movie, correct? Absolutely. Why is that? Why can't they transition the writing? Well, dude, we'll even take a step. Dude, the animation that they put out, by far better than Marvel's animation. But we'll see with the Spider-Verse. But overall, every time animation comes out for DC, dude, it's on point. The story's good, right? The animation's good. Then you get to the movies, and the movie's like, what the hell just happened? I agree. Uh, first of all, I think Spider-Verse is going to be trash. That's just me. Uh, but getting on to speaking specifically of DC Comics, DC Comics are great. The writing's great. They take the time to lay everything out. and Everything is interwoven, and it works perfectly. Everything that you could say good about DC Comics or everything that's wrong about Warner Brothers DC movies. Now, they are bringing Jeff Johns in, who is basically the man who for the past, let's say, 5-10 years has been architecting the DC comic universe. Bringing Jeff Johns on board is going to be huge in basically revamping the the DC cinematic DCEU universe. Is it going to be enough? I don't know because he's one man against a, a company, Warner Brothers, that is just committed on rolling out things as quickly as possible. Right, right. Now, if Warner Brothers was smart and they just wanted to throw all these characters that had no development in your face they could have did it the right way and just did injustice 
right? I agree. You do injustice. The characters, you don't got to establish the characters. You have a common enemy, which is Superman. You can pick it up and you can go from there. You know what I mean? Be different. Absolutely. So, so as we're saying this, bro, let me ask you this. There's one DC movie, which I already say is going to get four nerd flags. Uh, how do you think that Shazam is going to be different than the standard DC in entertainment universe? The it's, it's funny. Very comedic. If you look at the trailer, it's very funny, right? Who's very funny between the comic book movies? Right. Marvel. Yeah, right? absolutely. So they're they're branching away, which I think they should do. They're following the format of Marvel. I mean, I don't know how good the movie's going to do. However, four, four flags. it's going to do great. <laughs> for, however, that's because your favorite character. I don't blame you, man. I'm more of a Black Adam kind of guy. I thought if they would have did the the animation, the uh, Shazam fighting uh, Black Adam when Superman comes in, I think that would have been great. But as usual, Warner's dropping the ball on that because now with Henry Carnival, Cavill, Henry Cavill. Cavill. Supposedly he's not going to be the Superman. So there you go again. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just one drama problem after another. I agree. I agree. So, so you know, for me, I feel like no matter what, whether it be Aquaman, whether it be uh, this the Joker movie, or whether it be Shazam, it looks like there is light at the end of the tunnel for the DC. Inter, uh, excuse me, the DC EU. So that being said, it looks like hey, maybe. Just maybe there's hope for DC. But here's the thing. If you said to yourself, if DC finds something that works, they're going to stay with it. So if Shazam does do well in that format of them being funny, which is Marvel's trademark. I mean, look what Marvel did to Thor. First two movies, serious as hell, right? Yeah. Then Thor 3 comes out all of a sudden. Now he's funny. Yeah. And of the three Thor movies, which one does everyone love the most? Thor Ragnos. That's right. That, uh, and if you think about it, the theme Dark World with Thor was more of like a DC type movie. It was just dark, right? Yes. And it didn't do too well. Ding, 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 DC, Warner Brothers. So, you know, I can see if Shazam does very well in its comedic value of it and people go out to see it, I can see DC doing more of those type of movies. I agree. I agree 100%, bro. So, you know, let's uh, give the the hopes that DC will turn it around because yes, everybody knows I'm not a DC movie fan. Everybody knows that I do enjoy DC comics, but at the end of the day, it's one big nerd world order and I want anything related to nerd culture to do well. So hopefully DC turns it around. Uh, speaking of turning it around in a very successful franchise, a lot of people are speculating, wondering about Chris Evans' recent tweet uh, talking about his departure from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, so people are wondering, is this going to be the end of Captain America? Joe, what do you think about that uh, that that tweet that came out? I think he's going to die, right? There's no way he could come back. You think Captain America is just going to go somewhere and just kick it while war and everything is going on? That's just not his style, right? He's just not going to sit down and watch people battle whatever he's always been involved in the fight so there's no choice he's gonna die 
Well, it's it's funny because in comic books, death is not death. Uh, it seems True. like you know. So so what are we looking at here? Well, you know, recently uh, in the comic book universe of Marvel, Captain America died, but he really didn't die. Uh, he was transferred to an alternate reality where he was. Um, he was in one place, and then we had another Captain America mm -hmm. who was Hydra Captain America. Do I think they're going to go that route? Probably not. But could I see Captain America being trapped somewhere in a alternate dimension? Uh, yeah, I could see that happening. What about this? What if this Captain America that we know is a scroll? Ah. Are we talking the current Captain America? Oh, yeah. You know, that's... Uh, I would hate that. Here's why. I love Captain America. Tell me why. Dude, Winter Soldier is one of my favorite movies. Oh, it's the greatest Marvel Cinematic Universe movie ever. Right. Just my opinion. I love it. Okay. So, I would hate to be invested as much as I am to suddenly be told everything that you love about this Captain America is not the Captain America that you thought it was. So, I'd be bummed. Yeah, but... When did he get taken over by a scroll? Could it happen after Winter Soldier? Uh, bro, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, for me personally, yeah. it would be like pulling the rug out from under me. It would be like that stab in the nerd heart if the Captain America that I love was actually a scroll. Yeah, but I think he's going to die. That's just my opinion. Well, yeah, I certainly hope... Because he's just not going to sit on the sidelines. Hey, Bucky, go be Captain America. Or, hey, Falcon, go be Captain America. I'm just going to kick it over here. Unless dude gets frozen again. I could see him getting frozen. I'm going to say right now, uh, alternate universe, he gets trapped in something alternate, and that's where he's been for the entire time. So, you Quantum know, realm, maybe? Yeah, maybe quantum realm. You never know. Um, so, yeah. Um, let's see here. So, okay. So, uh, yeah. We've had a lot to speak about today, and we want to thank everybody who's a member of the Nerd World Order uh, for being part of the Nerd World Order. Uh, if you love the shirts, and I know you do, everything that happens in the Nerd World Order is sponsored by Nerd World Order Apparel, imnwo.com. Uh, so I just want to say we've talked about Venom, DC, a little bit about ourselves today, and truly enjoyed it but we want you all to be the driving force behind this podcast so if anybody ever wants to come on and join myself and joe you're always welcome to uh if you have a product out there uh, whether it be a comic book a kickstarter or something like that and you'd like to be interviewed come on we'd love to have you on the podcast uh you know i'm gonna give a shout out to minty minty we want you on the show we want to find out how you started uh, Minty Comedic Arts. So we want everybody who has a project in the Nerd World Order to be part of the Nerd World Order podcast. But of course, this podcast, uh, everything in the Nerd World Order could not be possible uh, without the support and the love of Joe and everything that he does. So I'm just going to let Joe uh, just take us out. Like Alan said, we appreciate your feedback. Whatever you want us to discuss, comment on, or even want to have a show about it. just leave us comments let us know hit us up We'd like to have cavi on the show cavi's got an album dropping soon we'd love to have him on the show ambush vin ambush vin can't forget about you we would love to have you on it i mean we can skype you in this just have you know because you know where you're at and you're always busy hit us up we're more than willing to have you on this show and like alan said anyone that wants to get anything started 
to come on the show and help support you. We're all trying to support each other, right? Always looking forward to new people coming in, talking, sharing how they became a nerd and stuff like that. We're always down with that. So I will say, ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, I am NWO. We are NWO. And let your nerd, nerd flags, flags fly. fly.